Hey, Faith Family, if you got a Bible, please turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 is where we're going to be today. Uh, we are in our last week of the series that we've been in now for about seven weeks called Uncommon Sense. And we've been looking at the difference between the wisdom of God's kingdom and the wisdom of the world. And so we're going to finish this series uh, today. And uh, we'll be starting a new series very soon. Uh, we may have a couple of weeks in between, but uh, we do have a brand new series that we're excited about uh, coming in just a, a very short time. But today we finish Uncommon Sense here in uh, Luke chapter 12, uh, beginning at verse 13. So if you've got your Bibles, uh, turn there and look here at Luke chapter 12 and verse 13. It says, Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods laid up for you for many years. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Let's pray together. God, thank you for this passage that we get to study today. Uh, Lord, it does speak to where so many of us are right now in our life. And I pray that you would teach us once again the uncommon sense of your kingdom, that we would walk not according to the wisdom of the world, but according to the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, guide us into truth today, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. It was one of my favorite snacks growing up as a kid. In fact, every time I went to the grocery store, I would beg and plead for a box of Cracker Jacks. It was one of my favorite snacks. And why was it one of my favorite snacks? Was it because of the delicious mouth-watering caramel? No. Was it because of the gourmet custard uh, cluster of peanuts? No. The reason I loved Cracker Jacks was the same reason everybody else liked Cracker Jacks, and that was because of the prize inside. Who doesn't love temporary tattoos and, and cheap plastic rings? Well, I thought about that when I was reading a story about a woman that found a prize inside a box. Her name was Deborah Rogoff. She was from Irvine, California. According to the Associated Press, Deborah was shopping at Whole Foods. And her and her daughter 
purchased a box of Annie's Sour Cream and Onion Cheddar Bunny Crackers. It's quite a long title. But her daughter and her got home later after buying that box of bunny crackers and her daughter opened up that box of crackers to discover a prize inside. Only it wasn't a cheap plastic ring or a temporary tattoo, it was an envelope with $10,000 in cash. Now, while most people would have been excited to find such a, a prize, Deborah was concerned, and so she contacted the local store where, where she bought it. Uh, when she called the store owner and started to explain the situation, she was immediately interrupted by the manager. He said, listen, you're not going to believe this, but there was an elderly lady that came into our store today hysterical because she went to return an item to the store and instead of returning an item that she purchased, she returned a box of bunny crackers that had her life savings inside. Evidently, the elderly woman had lost faith in the bank and she felt that the most secure place to put her money was in a box of crackers. Deborah gladly returned the box with the money and received her reward, a new box of bunny crackers. Now, while that story ends well, can you imagine how that elderly woman felt when she realized her life savings was gone? Can you imagine how nervous she was? Can you imagine the anxiety she felt when she realized that she turned in that box and all her money was gone? That the very thing she thought was secure wasn't secure at all. Faith family, every single one of us, every single one of you watching this right now is just like that elderly woman. We all seek something to make us feel secure. We may look to the bank for financial security. We may look to a spouse for emotional security. We may look to our years of employment as job security. It's why people have home security systems and car alarms and firearms and live in gated communities and purchase insurance and own certain types of dogs, hire bodyguards, purchase identity theft protection, password protect their computers and their phones, all with the hopes of feeling secure. Every single one of us does something in some way, looks to someone or something to feel secure. And listen to me, faith family. The common sense approach to life is this. Notice it on the screen. The more I have, the more secure I will be. The more I have, the more secure I will be. The more money I have, the more financial security I have. The more years I have at my job, the more job security I will have. And on and on. The more I have, the more secure 
I will be. That is common sense. And if that's how you and I approach life, and if that's how you and I feel secure, we need some uncommon sense. And that is exactly what Jesus teaches us here in Luke chapter 12. Luke describes here at the beginning of the chapter that there are thousands of people gathered around Jesus to the point that they are trampling over each other. And Jesus is addressing a whole host of topics. He's, he's speaking about uh, religious hypocrisy, of the leaven of the Pharisees. And then He turns to begin to talk among the crowd uh, about trusting God and the fact that God will provide for you. Notice the context in, uh, in verse 6, chapter 12, verse 6. He says, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, you are of more value than many sparrows. In other words, don't be concerned about the provision of the world. Does God not care for you? Does He not have more of a concern for you than He does even sparrows? And so Jesus is talking about trusting God's provision for your life. And out of the crowd blurts a man with this question, tell my brother to divide the inheritance. Look at verse 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, to Jesus, teacher or rabbi, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now, at first this might seem odd. Like if you had one question that you could ask Jesus, would this really be it? I mean, don't you think you'd have something uh, more spiritual to ask? Like, why is there so much suffering in the world? Or did Adam and Eve have a belly button? Or something really deep and theological like that. But no, this guy, the one question he wants answered is, tell my brother to divide the inheritance. Get involved in this family dispute. Now, why was this issue, why was this question about family inheritance so important to this man. And it's simple. Faith family right here has everything to do with you and I. Security. Security. Getting this inheritance divided rightly was all about this man's security. You see, in the ancient Near East, when a father died, the oldest son got two-thirds of the inheritance, and the younger son or sons would divide up the remaining third. Now, this is so important. Zone in here. Your inheritance in the ancient Near East was your life insurance. In the ancient Near East, they're living day to day. And so the only way you really had any future security was to, to save up enough over time and then leave it to your family. Who would save a little more and leave it to your family? 
your entire future security rested on the proper inheritance. It's why Proverbs will often speak about how good it is to leave an inheritance with your children and your children's children. It's why what the prodigal son does is so shameful because he just squanders the inheritance. In other words, notice this on the screen, faith family. The source of security was getting your share. The source of security was getting your share. This guy wants his money. This guy wants his share because his future and present security depended on it. That's what's going on here. But watch how Jesus refuses to get involved. Verse 14, But Jesus said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? Jesus doesn't get involved in this situation that this guy is asking him to. Why? Why does Jesus not get involved? Well, number one, while it was common to bring family disputes to a rabbi, um, Jesus is not an official rabbi. People viewed him as a good teacher. People would call him rabbi. But Jesus wasn't on the Sanhedrin. Jesus didn't go to rabbi school. He, he, he wasn't officially a rabbi. But even more than that, secondly, is that Jesus doesn't get involved because he discerns... Are you listening, faith family? He discerns why the guy wants Jesus to get involved. Look at what Jesus says next, verse 15. And Jesus said to them, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. In other words, Jesus is discerning something in this man. Right here, faith family. And it's why he's not going to get involved. It's not why he's going to get in this situation, because he discerns... Listen, this man finds his security in his possessions, number one. Number two, he's not getting his share, and so he feels insecure. Which means three, he's using Jesus to try to get the security he wants. You know, Jesus, if you would get involved here and help divide this up with my brother, oh, then I could get my share and then I could feel secure. That's why he's asking Jesus to get involved, which means here's the point, and it's a big one, faith family. Look at it on the screen. Jesus did not come to help you get security. Jesus came to be your security. Think about that. Jesus didn't come to help you get security. Jesus came to be your security. Just like the crowd that was following Jesus after He had fed the 5,000 and they wanted more. Listen, Jesus didn't come to give you bread in life. Jesus came to be the bread of life. Jesus didn't come to divide your inheritance. Jesus came to be your inheritance. Jesus did not come to help you get something in life. 
Jesus came to be your life. This man is asking Jesus to help him find security apart from Jesus. And that's why Jesus refuses to get involved. And we do the exact same thing all the time. It goes like this. Jesus, I will follow you if you'll tell her to marry me. Your security is not in Jesus. It's in her. It's in marriage. Or, uh, Jesus, I will follow you if you will get me through these circumstances. Well, your security is not Jesus. It's better circumstances. And you just see Jesus as the way to get the secure life rather than seeing Jesus as the secure life. That's huge. And that's why Jesus, when this man says, Hey, get involved in my family dispute. Make sure my brother gives me my share so I can feel secure in life. Jesus says, no, that is not the kind of dividing I came to do. He wouldn't do it then, and He won't do it now. Jesus refuses to be your ticket to some other kind of life that doesn't include Him. Now, why would Jesus do something like this? Why would He uh, expose this man in this way? What is the uncommon sense He's trying to teach us here? Verse 16. And he told them a parable saying, A land, the land of a rich man, produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, Well, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I'll do this. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. So Jesus, as we've seen him throughout all these many different weeks, tells a parable. He tells a story that's going to teach some uncommon sense. It's going to go in opposition to the way the world thinks. And this is what he tells a story about. There's a rich man and he owns land, very common uh, in these parables. And this land has produced plentifully. I mean, this guy's stock has soared. He received the big bonus from work and he has prospered. That's a good thing. That's a blessing from God. Praise God for a prosperity. But what will the man do with this prosperity? Will he be generous? Will he help others in need? Or, right here, Will he increase his own security by storing things up? Well, obviously, if you're going to take the common sense approach to life in the world, you store things up. Because as we've already talked about earlier, the common sense, the common sense approach to security is the more I have, the more secure I am. The more money I have, the more friends I have, the more years at work, the more I have, the more secure I will be. So, the common sense approach would be verse 19. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have, notice it, ample goods laid up 
for many years. Come on, relax, eat, drink, and be merry. The response is, if I'll store it up and build bigger barns, I'll feel more secure. And then I can just step back and go, oh, I've got ample storage. I've got plenty of years. I can relax and feel secure. Now, let me stop right here for just a moment, faith family, and say this. The Bible is not against savings. Uh, if this were a sermon on specifically money, we could look at things in the Bible that talks about the wisdom of savings. That, that's not what we're addressing here. The issue isn't savings. The issue is security. What makes this man feel secure in the same way that the man who asked Jesus to get involved in his family dispute feels like if I get my share, I'll be secure. The common sense approach to life here is store up and you'll feel secure. But listen, listen, Jesus says, what a fool. That's fool. That's not sense. That's not intelligence. That's foolishness, Jesus says. And here's why that approach to life is foolish. Verse 20, But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? In other words, storing up to feel secure may be common sense to the world, but it's uncommon sense to the kingdom because why would you put security in things that will not last? There is no guarantee that what you've stored up won't be taken away. That's what Jesus is saying here. It is, it's actually foolishness to feel secure because you have storage. I mean, you put all your security in the economy. And then came the pandemic. You put all your security in your ministry. And then came the false accusations. You put all your security in this life. And then came death. You put all your security in a spouse, and then came cancer. Faith family, God says that the common sense approach to life, namely, if I could only get my inheritance, life would be secure, is foolishness. And it's foolishness because there is nothing in this Life you can inherit. This world is passing away. So what's the uncommon sense of the kingdom? What, if that's the foolish way to live, what is the wise way to live? Verse 21. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Rich toward 
God? What is Jesus saying? What is Jesus teaching? Security is found in riches, just not worldly ones. If you really want security, I mean true security, it's found in riches, just not the riches of the world. Notice it on the screen. Security is a single stock investment in the Savior, Jesus Christ. Security is a single stock investment in the Savior, Jesus Christ. He is what makes life Secure. He is, as we sing about, our solid rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is what, faith family? Sinking sand. It doesn't matter how much of it you have. It doesn't matter how many friends you have, how much money you have, how many years you've been at the job. The only solid rock is Jesus Christ. Which means what this man needed to learn and what you and I need to learn is that your life will never be secure until you're all in with Christ. A hundred percent in with Him. And it's why He teaches, Jesus teaches things like this. Look at Matthew chapter 6, uh, 19 through 20. Matthew 6, 19 through 20. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys nor where thieves do not break in and steal. Or look here at uh, Matthew chapter 6 verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Faith family, what if instead of finding security in an, an economy that is constantly up and down and up and down, what if we put our security in the one the Bible says is the same yesterday, today, and forever? What if instead of looking to cash as the guarantee I'll be taken care of, what if instead we looked to the cross as the guarantee that you've already been taken care of? That's the uncommon sense of the kingdom that Jesus is teaching here. Because when God is your treasure, you have riches that will not grow old or fade away. Do, do you see that, faith family? Do you see that? Do you see how the text works here? Here comes a guy. Get involved in my situation because I'm not getting my inheritance and I need my inheritance to, to feel secure. And Jesus, if I have to use you to get what makes me feel secure, then that's fine. And Jesus says, that's not what I came for. I didn't come here to be the means through which you find security in something else. I came to be your security. Why? Well, I know the common sense is the more you have, the more secure you'll be. But here's reality. That's foolishness. Because it can be gone just like that. 
Because the things of this world pass away. But Jesus is the solid rock that is here forever. And He's always the same. So why are you going to find security in the things of the world when you could be rich in God? Isn't that a good word, faith family? Does that not speak directly to what so many of us are going through right now as we deal with the things in life and in the world uh, that, that make life feel insecure? Let me give you just a little bit of application as we close today's message. What are just some walkaways, takeaways from uh, our time in God's Word? The first would be this. Notice it on the screen here. Security in Christ is often found in suffering. Security in Christ is often found in suffering. Here's what I mean by that, faith family. Oftentimes, we have to experience how insecure life is to fully understand how secure God is. And right now, as we've been going through this pandemic and there have been real, real economic issues. Uh, I am talking to people all the time, having conversations throughout the week of people's lives economically and financially that are absolutely on the verge of disaster. Some are already in disaster. And, and there's this, how am I going to get out of this? And, and this search for security. Well, you know what? I would never want any of you to go through that ever but one of the lessons of going through that will be you can't look to the world to be your security. And, and, and only God and only being rich in Him can be that solid rock for you. Sometimes it's in suffering that we discover that Christ is the only thing that's secure. Here's a second thing, is that security in Christ removes pressure in relationships. Security in Christ removes pressure in relationships. This is a sermon in and of itself. This man's, in the story, this man's relationship with his brother was on the line because he found his security in the wrong thing. If, if this brother didn't share what was his, I can only imagine the family fight that would have continued. And, and it's because this man, while I'm not suggesting that the brother shouldn't have been fair, that's not the point. The point is to say, if he didn't wrap up all of his security in his possessions, like Jesus says, the family dynamic, the relationship with his brother would have been free. And I think that's really important because if your security is in money or your security is in a spouse or your security is in your job, it adds a level of stress to those relationships that can almost make them crumble. Does that make sense, Faith Family? That you put so much pressure on your spouse because you need them to be secure. You put so much pressure on that job because you need it to be secure. And you actually start to experience freedom when your security is in Christ. Here's a third kind of takeaway for us, is that security in Christ frees you to be generous. 
Security in Christ frees you to be generous. You see, being profitable is a good thing. There is nothing in this parable that was wrong with the harvest and a man prospering. That is a good thing. It is from God and you ought to enjoy that as God's blessing. But listen, if your only goal in life is to build bigger barns, rather than to build the kingdom of God by being all in and seeing the kingdom advance, you've put your security in the wrong place. You see, when you're secure in Jesus and you receive the blessing of God of prosperity, um, that's actually a blessing to you, not a curse, because you're free to be generous and to help others and to uh, be able to impact God's kingdom in a very real way. And so when security is in Jesus, there's a freedom to be generous because you don't need that harvest to feel secure. Fourth and finally, in terms of a takeaway from today's message, is that security in Christ provides hope for the future. Security in Christ provides hope for the future. Like the man in the parable, every single one of us will face a day when it will be our last. Death came. The man thought he had all the time in the world. I got plenty of years. Kick back, relax, enjoy but he wouldn't make it through the night. You see, this life in this world is a fleeting thing. And if your life is not based on the solid rock of Christ Jesus and secure in Him, you do not have hope for the future. Because that day will come when life will be over. And the only thing that will give you hope in that day is receiving the eternal life that is found in Christ Jesus. So let me ask you this, faith family. Are you rich in God? Have you put your faith in Him? And there are some of you watching today, you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ for the first time. And I want to tell you, you're, you're, you know, if I were to ask you what gives you hope for the future, you would say, well, it's my bank account or it's my relationships or the great family I have, and none of those things are going to last. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, there is nothing secure about your future at all. Only being rich in God by putting faith in Christ gives you hope when your day comes. Faith family, it's time for us to stop believing the common sense of the world. Just like the elderly woman in the grocery store or the rich man in this parable, we have got to start realizing that security is not found in storing up. Instead, let's start following the uncommon sense of the kingdom of God, namely, security is found in laying down your life. Today, Jesus invites you to stop putting security in the things that can be taken away. He offers you something greater than financial security. He offers you eternal security. And that's a prize inside.
worth finding.